Hello everybody, I'm Dane Curley and this is me clicking record. Today's show was actually recorded live using the in-beta version of the call-in app. But guess what? You can get call-in starting Thursday, September 2nd, and you can attend live versions of me clicking record just by downloading the app on any iOS device. Android's coming soon, but if you got an Apple whatever, iPhone, iPad, you can get the call-in app and subscribe, of course, to me clicking record call-in and follow me, Dane Curley, and you can see when I'm a guest on other people's shows, which has already occurred a few times in beta, And I'm really excited about it, honestly. The opportunity for you all to call into the show and participate. Now, that's not going to happen on this little brief recording I did. Uh, This is a comedy show. I'm going to be talking all about comedy, how my experience as a stand-up comedian is radically different from making a podcast funny. The challenges are totally disaligned. I don't want to say misaligned, Um, so I invented a word that sounds better, like it makes more sense, but actually also reveals how much of a stupid idiot I am. That's just how I roll. The point is, this is a good show, I think. I'm going to talk about stand-up comedy in a wonky kind of way. You could get behind the scenes of what it's like to be a stand-up comedian. And then I'm going to perform two bits that did well enough uh, in a stand-up environment and kind of point out and make changes as to how I have to adapt them to an audio-only format and what the challenges are. I think it's still some funny stuff to talk about for sure, but man, stand-up is a different beast, isn't it? So, hey, check it out, and do attend more live comedy shows by subscribing to Me Clicking Record on the call-in app. Here you go. Hello, everybody. I'm Dane Curley, and this is me clicking record. Call in the live version of me clicking record on the call in app. This show is brought to you by my Patreon patrons. www. That's three W's dot Patreon dot com slash Dane Curley. This is a comedy show in beta. Just need to just need to wrestle with this call in app algorithm that refuses to recognize me for my comedic genius barring my episodes from the comedy stream and news feed it's unacceptable completely unacceptable i have a show titled it's very title is the evening comedy show and it's in the society and culture feed folks i can't handle this can't deal with that Got to be in the comedy section. So I got to do another comedy show before we launch. Because if I don't crack the code, I might might choose to end it all. I'm just saying it's possible. Don't give me any hotlines to call. It's highly unlikely, but it's possible. I'm in a bad way. There's so much writing (laughs) on this app for me. Because there's, there's nowhere else I can do this. Where else am I going to do this? I'm going to go on to that other app that people use where you can't even control who's talking. No. I'm the host. I have the power. Me, Dane Curley. Don't try to stop me. Keep me off the feed. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know. What's interesting is I'm going to tell some jokes and stuff. You know, I have tons of material and a lot of it just never makes it to stage for a variety of reasons. 
hopefully primarily not because it's not funny enough, uh, but maybe like, you know, when you go on stage, you need to have people laughing every three or four sentences. I mean, that's like, that's a legit statistic, I think. You really do. You need to have, you need to be, there needs to be a big laugh every 30 seconds. Anything less than that is God awful. And it really should be every 10 seconds, 15 seconds. We're aspiring for constant nonstop laughter. You know, different comedians have different styles. My style, actually, uh, I'm, I'm okay with a little bit of quiet from the audience. And that's rare in stand-up comedy. And in fact, you know, when I talk to some of my comedic colleagues, I don't know, what do you call other comedians when you're a comedian? They're obviously not colleagues. Are they, I don't know, they're my comedy compatriots, who the hell cares? But I talk to them and they're like, man, you take so long to get into your material and yet it still works. I don't have any interest in doing that because a lot of people want to show up onto the mic and just kill instantly. Get started. Get the laughs rolling. Get get people entertained right away because it's hard. You're going up on stage. Somebody else just got off. And honestly, there's no good uh, scenario because let's say that the person right before you did fucking amazing. Well, now everybody's like, well, this guy's not going to be as good as that guy. And then on the other hand, if they sucked, you know, they just sucked all the energy out of the room. And now everybody's like, oh, this fucking show sucks. So there's there's no way. The only thing you can pray for as a comedian in a, in a nightclub environment is if the person who went before you was mediocre. Because then the expectations are appropriately normal. And then if you're better than mediocre, you're a fucking killer. And if you're worse, well, that's on you. It's so hard. It's so difficult. But I'm so I'm in, I'm on the tangents of all tangents here because the only thing I was trying to say was this is an even entirely different animal because you can't see me. You know, there are comedians who they get on stage and, and they stand still. There are comedians who they get on stage. They immediately pull the microphone out of the mic stand, cast aside the mic stand altogether so it's out of the way and they walk around casually. You know, uh, they seem to be like, oh, so what's everybody up to today? And they like gaze across the room. They try to make eye contact with people. It's really fake. There's no eye contact. Newsflash. We can't see you. The lights are too bright and they're all on us. And you guys are in total darkness. And when I try, you know, you got to look out in the crowd. The illusion of eye contact is there. But unless you're in the front row, you really you really can't be seen. It's very difficult. And, you know, everybody has their approach. Some people, they're moving, like Robin Williams, remember? He was, like, bouncing around, like, whoa, hello, 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 hello everybody. Whoa, what are you going to do? I'm a, I got a joke about cocaine, and I'm on cocaine. Ho! You know, that was Robin Williams' style, and he was literally, like, sprinting from, and he did theater style, you know, comedy in a theater, where he would sprint from one side of the stage to the other side. But in the nightclub, you don't have so much room, so you can't really be too much of a Robin Williams. And actually, funny enough, when Robin Williams like started blowing up on television, I don't know if it was from Mork and Mindy or I guess that was it. But when he became really famous, I've heard other comedians talk about him as like having trouble uh, writing because he would go on stage and he would he would people would start laughing just when they saw his face because his fame preceded him getting on stage. So they were just like, oh, it's Mork, you know, Uh, he's hilarious. Look how he walks around. It's so funny. And he would go backstage to his comedy friends and he was like, was that good? And like, they'd be like, no, not really, man. He's like, I knew it. He's like, the audience betrayed me. 
They're laughing at everything he said, but it was like test material and he knew it sucked. He just knew that it sucked. So, and then the other thing is he's on like a tight little stage. And for a comedian like that, a performer like that, you need more space to grow. You need more space to, to bloom actually is the better word. But me, I stand still. I keep the mic on the stand. However, mom moving around behind that mic stand. Occasionally I'll grab the stand and tilt it where I need to go. If I really want to address one half of the one half of the crowd, I use the mic stand as a prop in my act. Uh, it's just more fun. One, I don't have to worry about managing mouth to mic distance. And, and see, here's something perfect that would work better if I was on stage because I'm making this like motion of my hand moving forward and backward toward my mouth. I don't know, you know, that would be very reminiscent of certain sexual deeds that I may or may not perform on like sexed individuals. But uh, you can't see that. This is a podcast, live podcast for comedy. So I don't know if it's going to make the material sharper or funnier or less funny, but it's going to be fun to do some of this material that I originally wrote for stand up on an audio only show where I cannot rely on all of my antics. I'm a very big performer on stage, even though I keep the mic static in the stand. Um, my hands are waving around. My, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm not like, uh, uh, I'm not fucking performing show tunes, okay? But um, I'm up there and, you know, people comment with glee about how I move my body, okay? Other comedians who I hold in high esteem, they hold my physical motions in high esteem as well. And nobody on podcasts can see that. And honestly, I would, I would hate to just put a fucking little webcam up here and have people see what I do. It's just not the same. I'm trapped behind the desk. It's it feels like I'm, you know, I'm just stuck in the rat race here. And uh, but yeah, we're many minutes into this show. I'm going to I'm going to do a little bit. See if uh, see if this won't populate my show in the comedy section. Uh, <laughs> I can't just do it with no segue, but that's part of the challenge of comedy is, again, somebody gets off stage, you hop on stage and it's like, well, I got to change whatever the fuck the last person was talking about. And it now becomes completely irrelevant. And you can hope that the MC is doing a good job and the MC comes on and says, well, that was uh, Barbara. Uh, she's hilarious. And your next comedian is the most hilarious person from New Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, I'm making up a comedian. Uh, and uh, and I'm also I'm using a city that's not very popular. So it's not too far fetched that they're the most funny person from New Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, the next comedian is from New Brunswick, New Jersey. Really hilarious guy. You're going to love him. It's Jonathan Dexter, and you hope that that little interchange makes all the difference between what they just heard and what they're about to hear, but it really doesn't. You got to make the difference. When you get hit that stage, you have to be you authentically, and they have to believe that you're being you authentically, because if they suspect that you are actually some phony fool, and that's like a that's like a clever phrase there, a phony fool, like a, like you're both a fool and you're a phony, and that therefore you're a phony fool. You're not a real deal comedian. Fool, you know, in the classic sense, f o o l e. Uh, that's a I know. See, this is why you got to go with your written material and not try to freestyle it off the cuff. But the point is, they can taste it. They can taste it in the air, in between drinks. And that's another factor you got to deal with. Podcast listeners, by and large, aren't 
in a large crowd with other people listening. And they're definitely on the most on the by and by. They're not all tipsy. They're just kind of existing. Maybe they're driving to work. Maybe they're doing the laundry. Things that don't necessitate the perfect comedic environment, you understand. So this is pretty experimental stuff. But if I if I had just gotten on stage, I wouldn't even segue into the joke. I would just start the joke. And that's that. I, you can't like try to lure them into a conversation. Then you get heckling. And, and even positive heckling is not positive heckling. You know, unless you get lucky and you can flip it on them like comedic judo where someone says something and you just happen to witty in that moment, you can shoot it down. And I got news for you. A lot of comedy is just like a mirage. A lot of comedians who do crowd work where they're really funny in interpersonal uh, communications, right? They've rehearsed that. They've had the same interaction with the same sort of person a hundred times before they made it funny to you at the nightclub. It is what it is. Sorry. Am I like, am I like the anti Houdini? Am I the magician everyone hates because he shares all the secrets? Is that what I'm? Is that what I'm doing here? Look, I want to pull back the curtain of Oz, let you people see what it's really like out there. It's hard, man. It's hard out here in comedy. Oh my God, that was a pretty decent Eddie Murphy. I didn't know I had. It's hard out here in comedy. Does that sound like Eddie Murphy? That's good enough. I gotta work on that. Even though I don't know why I do Eddie Murphy. Now then it got then it just became me wanting to be good at doing Eddie Murphy. Say <laughs> la vie. This is the challenges of comedy. That's another thing that like not everybody does. Some people just they avoid doing voices altogether. They don't even give it a shot. And they're just like, I don't know. I tried not giving it a shot because I wasn't confident in the beginning, you know, years ago. When I was first just starting out. And it's just not as funny if you don't do a voice. Do any voice. Make up a fucking voice. Any voice work. You got to have voices for the people who are the characters in your story. Just makes it infinitely better. So anyway, I try to do the right things in life. I try to be mindful of the environment. Try not to waste water. I try to recycle. But some of these rules, they're just way too hard to follow. Like. The worst and most impossible rule is the you can't do anything with batteries rule. I can't throw out dead batteries in the regular garbage bin. And I can't throw out dead batteries in the recycling bin. There's no third option, people. I only have the two bins. Do I have to drive these batteries down to some undisclosed location? Is there a place where we have to humanely kill the batteries that are already dead. I can't make a battery compost. That'd be terrible. That'd be horrible. I'd probably die from the fumes. Can I, can I brew it into a, a kombucha? What can I do with the dead batteries? Where the fuck are we supposed to dispose of our dead batteries? Double A's, triple A's, broken laptops, old phones. Nobody knows. That's a lot of devices I have to get rid of. You know where they all are? They're all sitting in my closet in a bag. <laughs> and then Sephi, if they're double A's, they're not in a closet in my bag. I throw them in the trash like a good deviant. Because nobody knows what, what are you going to do? What do you do? Do you really? Seriously, you're a listener. 
you're not you're not you're not doing anything other than me with your double A's and triple A's. We haven't figured it out. The packaging only gives us the instructions of what not to do. But they don't tell us what to do, so we do it anyway. There's just a picture of a garbage can with a big red X on it. Well, X marks the spot, folks. Then there's that image of the upside down turtle, presumably dead. I don't know. Have you ever seen that? I may be making this up. I see that on the batteries. Do I? I don't know. Maybe I don't. But there's that upside down turtle, presumably dead, presumably a baby turtle. Nobody wants to kill the baby turtle. But we have no other option. We try. We survey our garbage collection calendar. Aluminum on Thursdays, okay. Um, large items every third Sunday. No, these are double A batteries. There's no day for the batteries. You want to be green, but you cannot recycle batteries. You can't store the batteries. You can't bury the batteries. There's no ba- battery acid kombucha. You break the rules. We're all guilty and we'll all pay the price. Oh, we'll pay. Too many batteries in the garbage now. You know why male fertility is at an all-time low? Newsflash, geniuses, it's the batteries. You've all seen what happens when you leave your batteries in some old clock that you forgot to change for years. It's like a battery acid mushroom blooming. It's like that video game where the zombies all have mushroom heads. But you throw them in the trash anyway. You see it and you do it anyway. We're not good people, you and I. We both saw the battery acid mushroom growing out of the TV remote. We didn't think of the environment. The baby turtles didn't cross our minds. We didn't mind that they'd be upside down. We just picked up the remote like it was a dead rat and threw it in the normal garbage can. (laughs) And that's that about batteries. I, I I could tell why why this one didn't make it to my stage show. <laughs> In the stage show, I like mime pointing at the calendar about looking for the batteries and things like that. It's just it's just not brilliant material, but it is a funny premise. I wish I could have I wish I could have done more with it. <laughs> I'll do one more. I'll do one more bit that that didn't survive. I don't protest. I don't protest. I'm not interested in protesting. It's not that I don't want to. There are causes I would love to support, but I don't protest for them. I don't go. Here's why. I don't go anywhere where I don't know who is in control of the bullhorn. You know the bullhorn? (laughs) The bullhorn? You don't, you don't know what these idiots are going to start to chant at a protest. Do you know how they choose the person who's in control of the bullhorn? It's a delicate process, folks. There's a lot of red tape, but ultimately the honor is bestowed on the person who brings their own bullhorn. That's it. That's who's calling out these stupid, corny chants. Jeff Bezos, Amazon. We will make him Amagon. <laughs> you know, the people writing these chants are not Pulitzer Prize winning authors. It's not just the corniness that bothers me. 
It's the descent into stupidity and violence that crowds cannot avoid. No, Amazon, ho, ho, ho. Local businesses, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Bezos, ho, ho, ho. Cut off his tongue. Kill him. Get Bezos, get him, kill him. Things tend to escalate a little too quickly for my tastes because we don't get to vote for who's got the bullhorn. And it only takes one asshole with a bullhorn to get a mob going in the wrong direction. There's no North Star for these people. You know the power that a non-famous person feels behind a bullhorn? Well, first of all, they should call it a bullshit horn. Think about what it takes for someone to even buy one of these things. The narcissism, the ego on these people. Yes, yeah, I, I, I know what I need. That's right, a device. Yeah, a device that makes me louder than everyone else. And if they aren't paying attention to me, I'll just hit this little button right here. They have like nuclear blast warning sirens on the buttons. It's, it's out of control. If you want to be an activist, read books carefully and vote accordingly. You don't need to be in front of City Hall showing off your bad penmanship with cliches on a stick. I feel for these causes I do, but I don't need to be at a protest for them. I'll make a tweet. Same amount of people will give a shit. Zero. Don't kid yourself. The only people that listen to you are people who already agree with you. That's true of you. It's true of me. You know, until you get these people in their Viking-like berserk rage, you know, that very same rage they'll regret when they're in prison, after they start beating up unarmed people who disagreed with them, nobody cares what they have to say. That's why they bought the bullhorn. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for listening to this. Last beta comedy show in my hopefully not futile attempt to get me clicking record to populate in the comedy feed on the call-in app. This is me clicking record call-in. I'm your host, Dane Curley. We're supported by our Patreon subscribers. Subscribe to the show and follow me, Dane Curley. And that's all I got for you. We got more shows. We got all sorts of different series. Me, me, woo, woo. Spit it out, man. Me clicking record call and I'm out, y'all. Peace. One, two, three. This is a podcast. Dane Noodles. This is a podcast. It's a podcast, Dane. This is a Noodles. And we like sex.